Coming up on today's Locked On Dodgers, the Dodgers lose. Juan Soto came to Los Angeles. Tony Gonson got his first loss of the season. We'll get into all that and everything else. That's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Lockdown Dodgers. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Lockdown, your team every day. This is Lockdown Dodgers, and you can find us on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And make it easy on yourself and subscribe in all those places, and you'll never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time listening or watching. I'm Vince Samperio, and I'm usually with the co-host Jeff Snyder. Although uh, he helped me out on yesterday's episode, so I'm helping him out on this episode. And we're going to talk about the Dodgers. But first, we are both lifelong Dodger fans that have spent time in the press box and covering the team in a variety of ways. Uh, And now one of those ways is this podcast here where we come to you every Monday through Friday talking Dodgers. And that's what we're going to do. All right, so the Dodgers lost uh, for just the third time in the month of July. It was uh, one of those games where you thought the Dodgers were going to get back in it. You thought the Dodgers were going to eventually take the lead and win this game just based on what we've seen recently. And they just didn't get that hit. Uh, They never quite got the big hit that they needed. Mookie Betts left five on base. Trey Turner left three on base. Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger left three on base. Uh, basically, everybody left somebody on base other than Gavin Lux. And, yeah, the Dodgers put up eight hits and only struck out eight times, but they weren't able to get that one hit or one or two big hits uh, in order to overcome the deficit that Tony Gonsolin put them in. Tony Gonsolin gets his first loss of the season. Uh, well, first regular season loss. He took the loss in the All-Star game as well. Uh, and... and he didn't pitch. Let's talk about Gunslin. He didn't pitch terribly. He did make it through six innings. He did give up the four runs, uh, but was uncharacteristic about this start compared to all his other starts, basically since the beginning of May is that he walked three guys. Uh, he hadn't walked more than two guys in a start since May 10th when he walked four against the Pirates. He went just five innings that time, but that time he didn't allow any runs. This time he allowed four runs. A little bit of hard luck in terms of how the run scored. Some base hits, a blooper that dropped in front of Trace Thompson that uh, it looked like he maybe could have got a ground ball by Juan Soto that ended up being a triple uh, when he didn't even start running out of the box until the blue called it uh, safe because it happened to go over the first base, uh, go over first base, even though it landed in foul territory. So, uh, a little bit of hard luck there. It's not like he was giving up a lot of hard contact, but as we know and as we've talked about, the regression of Tony Gonsolin was going to start uh, just based on, you know, he it was hard to be sustainable at a 1.5 ERA. And now you look at his last three starts. He finished uh, his best one of his best starts of the season against the Padres, seven and two-thirds, gave up the one run, eight strikeouts. After that game, his ERA dropped to 154. Since then, he's gone seven innings, allowing two runs, 
five innings allowing five runs, and now six innings allowing four runs. His season ERA is up to two two six, and it's a matter of a few factors. Uh, you know, he he. Like I said, other than yesterday when he walked three guys, he hadn't been walking guys. He only had one walk in the last two starts. And he's continuing to go deep into games regardless of how you know bad he's pitched. He's still been able to go at least five innings, and he's been able to give the Dodgers some length. He's, his pitch counts have routinely been in the 90s. So even with a little bit of struggles, he's still been efficient. Uh, but it's just a matter of you know this last game, the walks and not being able, you know, with, what we've seen from Gonson so far this season is that when guys get on base, they don't get hit. And and he had held guys to a batting average under 150, if I'm not mistaken, uh, once runners got on base. Yesterday, the Nationals picked up three hits with runners in square position, runners on base against Gonsolin. And like I said, one of them was a blooper and the other one was uh, an excuse me triple from Juan Soto. So the hard contact being – Continuing to limit the hard contact still bodes well for Gonsolin. Uh, but now, as we've seen, you know, we saw in more so the Cardinals game and, and well, and in the All-Star game of Gonsolin pitches, you know, leaving them up where he needs to be, not having the command that he wants to have in terms of putting the pitches where they need to be, a little bit of, you know, hangers. Um, we didn't see that too much yesterday. Obviously, he would have liked to be a little bit more efficient and, and not have those walks and, and, you know, but yesterday seemed more control than command. Uh, the other part too, and, and what Joe Davis noted during the Dodgers broadcast was the nationals are one of the hardest teams in baseball to strike out surprisingly and left. The thing when they do hit the ball is that they don't hit it very well. Uh, they are bottom of the league in, in slugging, uh, but they don't strike out very much. And that's exactly what we saw yesterday even if some of those hits, you know, were, were products of well-placed bloopers and, and well-placed uh, ground balls, it was also a matter of they didn't strike out. They put the ball in play, and, and so sometimes that's what happens. So, yes, Tony Gonson has allowed nine runs in his last two starts. I don't think it's as concerning as some people may think it is, um, you know, it's a matter of where can he settle down and where can he settle in. We already talked about Gonsolin just based on his Babbitt, based on his fit, based on everything else of, of how he was due for a sort of regression like this. I believe we mentioned, you know, he would probably finish the season with the ERA around three. And if he can still do that, he's still going to be an effective starter for the Dodgers here in the second half. and still going to be a big part of them, you know, heading into October, uh, barring any trades for, for elite starting pitching. So while it's not fun and uh, and it hasn't been you know as fun to watch as it was earlier in the year, I think Gonson will be all right. He'll settle down. He'll have to make adjustments. Uh, he's going to have to be, you know, he's going to be dealing with something he's, he's never really dealt before in terms of how many innings he's pitched, you know, being going out there every five, six days and, and, Throwing 90 plus pitches, you know, he's going to be dealing with some of that fatigue. And even though he's more of a sinker ball pitcher and they pitch, seem to pitch better, not better, but they seem to not be affected by fatigue as much. Uh, what we see with him being affected is the command a little bit, leaving balls maybe up a little bit higher than he wants to and uh, hanging a few more pitches. So 
he's got to make the mental adjustment. He's got to maybe find something in his routine um, or his workout routine or something to kind of build some strength. Uh, and I think he'll be, like I said, he'll be fine. He's not going to be a Cy Young candidate with pitching to a two under ERA the rest of the season, but if he can give the Dodgers six plus innings every time out with an ERA around three, then the Dodgers are going to be fine because that's exactly what they need, especially with this offense on a normal night. Uh, yesterday they did just score the one run, but like I said, they had plenty of chances to break this game open and they just couldn't do it. And one guy that could help them do it is Juan Soto, who was on the other side. We're going to see what Juan Soto, what, what, what that could cost and if the Dodgers need to do that. But first let's talk about blue now, because what is blue now? They are something that can help you out. They're a place that can help you out. To celebrate all the life special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Please, please, please check out Blue now. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at bluenow.com. Now, if you're looking to, we're, we're always talking about the engagement ring, but if you're also just looking to celebrate life special moments with fine jewelry, well, they can help you out there. And if you don't know what to get, you don't know what to look for, you don't really know much about jewelry, Blue Now can help you out because they have jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNow.com. And right now is the Blue Now anniversary sale Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Remember, every order is insured, ships free, and just rise in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to bluenow.com today. All right, speculation time. Uh, not really, but with the Nationals in town, that means Juan Soto's in town. And that means that people are going to be asked about Juan Soto and Juan Soto is going to be the talk of baseball and the talk of Los Angeles. We saw during the all-star game that he got the future Dodger chant in the outfield, turned around and gave him a smile. Uh, while we didn't quite hear it as loud or see the, the viral video like last time, I'm sure he got a lot of stuff out there in the outfield from the pavilions of, of people, you know, cheering for him. He got cheers when they announced them in the starting lineup at the beginning of the game. So, you know, for the next two days now, uh, you're, you're going to expect more of that for Juan Soto. And just some quotes that came out of all this, because obviously Dave Roberts was asked about it. They even got Andrew Friedman to talk about it. Trey Turner was talking about it. And, you know, it all, it all kind of came down to the same thing. Where Dave Roberts, here's what Dave Roberts said. He said, quote, if there's something that makes sense, I have all the confidence in our guy that they'll pull the trigger. If not, and it's status quo, then we'll move forward. The fans are going to do what the fans are going to do in the media. But as far as us, that's out of our control. Out of our control, We're trying to get Soto out. Uh, they didn't do the greatest job of getting Soto out. He did have two hits and a walk uh, yesterday, including that one triple that I mentioned earlier. But regardless of that, um, you know, they talked about to Trey Turner, and he talked about the same thing as Roberts, basically where so far he's learned uh, if the Dodgers front office can get a deal done and it makes sense for them, then they're going to go out and make sense for them. Uh, he did say that he, I don't see that he's not really allowed to recruit, and he can't really recruit because he's not a free agent. 
uh, but that he said, I'm a Dodger and Hope Pond's a Dodger. So there's that. And then Andrew Friedman, uh, talking to Sports in LA, said, quote, obviously it's hard for me to talk about specific players on other teams, but I will echo what I've said in the past, that star players don't come available very often. So when they are, we owe it to our fans to be by the blackboard and see those things out. We've been fortunate to line up on some, but obviously there's a lot that goes into that. So basically, you know, they're having those conversations. We've seen the Dodgers be reported as one of those teams that have, you know, inquired and asked about Juan Soto, and that makes sense. And the more, you know, I uh, when this kind of broke right before All-Star festivities, that was the talk. Everyone I talked to at Dodger Stadium uh, show should the Dodgers trade for Soto? Does blah blah blah? You know, will the Dodgers get Soto? Everything else. And at that time, it was more for me. It was more of a well. If the Dodgers get him, I'll be happy. If the Dodgers don't get him, I'll still be happy because the Dodgers are playing well right now. And I still feel that way generally, but I am more in the boat of go get Juan Soto now than I was before. Even with all the reports of what it's going to cost. Uh, it's a matter of the Nationals can ask for whatever they want, but if nobody pays it, then it's going to be up to them. The more they hold on to him, the more his value goes down. Although I will say his – I don't think the value from trading him before Tuesday and the value of trading him in the offseason are that different right now. might be a matter of, you know, you do lose him for one playoff run, which if a team is in contention and wants Soto – then that does change things. Although we have seen some teams that aren't necessarily in a, in a precocious playoff spot or, or, you know, set up for, for success this October. Uh, we've seen some of them be in the mix, but what it, you know, what they've kind of said is maybe a couple players or one or two players that are already in the big leagues with team control and then a bunch of prospects, um, and it's just a matter of, you know, not all prospects are the same. And and that's kind of what it comes down to when, you know, people people hear and say and speculate, oh, it would take, you know, your five best prospects. But that's unfair to a team like the Dodgers where their five best prospects are all top 100 prospects depending on what, you know, what publication you're looking at. Whereas another team might not have their top five prospects as top 100 prospects in baseball. So I think that's where the Dodgers can get away with trying to make a deal and not having to give up as much as people may think. Um, because, like I said, it, it's a Dodgers top five prospects, you know, Cartaya, Bobby Miller, Miguel Vargas, Andy Pajes, uh, you know, those guys are all top 100 players. Three of those guys were in the Futures game and – you know, at least two of them are, are considered to be top prospects in the next year, you know, maybe even top 10, top 20 for sure. And yeah, that obviously sounds good to the Nationals, but let's just say there's, you know, another team like the Padres who their farm system is ranked middle of the pack now after all the trades they've made in and graduations that they've had. And, you know, their top five prospects aren't going to be the same. So where the Padres can, you know, a team like the Padres can can change things is they have C.J. Abrams, they have Mackenzie Gore, who did leave the game with elbow soreness, so that, you know, could throw a wrench into things. They do have young guys that have, you know, spent some time in the majors. 
they haven't had the success. You know, the Dodgers, I don't know if they'd want to do it, but, you know, Gavin Lux has been a name I've seen thrown around. Gavin Lux has had success now in the majors. He has, you know, obviously less service time left than a guy like C.J. Abrams. C.J. Abrams has, you know, flashed the leather but hasn't quite put it together hitting-wise, but it's his first year in the big leagues. Whereas Gavin Lux has taken him a little while to get where he's at, but now, you know, he's he's hovering around 300 with an OBP above 350. So, you know, he's seemed to figure things out a little bit. And it's also a matter of, you know, Tony Gonson, all-star pitcher. Yeah, he's a little older, but he's still got, uh, you know, decent amount of team control. Is that some of the Nationals want, or do they simply want prospects? And it, there's a lot that goes into this trade. And, and you know, for the Dodgers, it's a matter of your – it's always a matter of leveraging the future uh, or or – you know, putting your future in a little bit of limbo in order to make the present better. But for Soto now, you're getting, you know, if you trade for him now, you get him for three Octobers. With one of those Octobers having Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman at the top of your lineup, all three of those Octobers having at least Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Juan Soto in your lineup. And it's a matter of, you know, how how much you guys, how much you think those guys are going to help out. You know, they've traded away, a bunch of players in recent years, and it hasn't really hurt them too much. Frankie Montas, who's now one of the top trade targets for this uh, for this trade deadline, you know, he's a guy that maybe they didn't get the same value overall from Rich Hill and Josh Reddick. Uh, you know, Rich Hill did stick around, but, you know, maybe that was one trade. I don't know. I wouldn't say they lost the trade, but they didn't necessarily straight up win it. Uh, you have, obviously, the Jordan Alvarez on the Cruz trades, which were – smaller in scale and just, uh, you know, different natures of a trade like this. This trade, you know, you're giving up top guys uh, that could pan out to be all-stars. Those trades that they made for, for Josh Fields and Tony Watson, I don't think they were necessarily expecting them to turn into two, you know, almost unicorns that are young and, and making an impact in the league. But all of this is to say the Dodgers have what it takes to go get Juan Soto. I do think they are legitimately interested in trading for Juan Soto. And I do think that, you know, their argument, or at least on their side, is if the Nationals aren't getting these hauls that they are asking for, then the Dodgers can step in and say, well, look, we can give you this type of haul. Or if it's a matter of, you know, even if the Nationals can say, hey, this team gave, is offering their top five prospects, well, the Dodgers can say, well, you know what? Only two of those top prospects are in the top 100. The other three are outside of it, you know. And if you expect us to trade you our top five prospects, that's not the same value because our top five prospects are top 100 prospects. Our prospects, for the most part, are guys that we've developed. And, you know, Diego Cartaya has been in the system for a while. Bobby Miller uh, hasn't. He was drafted, but, you know, he's been able to refine – his stuff here. Miguel Vargas has been in the system for a little while now. Andy Paz has been in the system for a little while now. These are guys that Dodgers have developed, so I think it's a little bit more likely for them to pan out as prospects. So will the Dodgers trade for Juan Soto? I still don't think so at this moment, uh, but I do think they're better equipped if, than most other teams, and I do think that they – have the best chance of trading for Juan Soto and still being able to have a top farm system or at least top half farm, top half of the league farm system continuing to develop and not really leveraging the future in terms of, 
being able to be good for a long time. So that's what I think on Juan Soto. Uh, you know, Friedman should just trade for him now before he has to, you know, before he leaves Los Angeles, make it easy for everybody. All right. We got a lot of guys coming back for the Dodgers, a lot of uh, injuries that are coming to a head soon. So that's what we're going to get into. But first, let's talk about Sports Card Investor app because it's the world of sports card reimagine. The Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. You can quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. I will say that I'm not much of a baseball card person, but I did have some fun checking out different values on the Sports Card Investor app. And Jeff is definitely a baseball card guy, so he probably has a lot more fun checking stuff out and seeing what he has in his stash. But it's free. So there's really no downside. Go check it out. The Google Play, Apple App Stores, the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. You can breezily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds added more each week. Check their latest values of last week over the last month and see what you can do. And you can even find the best prices and buy directly through the app with their eBay deals future. So check out your sports cards, see what you got, look what or look to start your collection, whatever it is, the Sports Card Investor app can help you out. Available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. Uh, or you can just go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on to check it out. All right. So Dodgers are getting healthier uh, slowly but surely. And there's a lot of updates coming, so we're just going to run through them. Uh, Justin Turner, who's been out since uh, the Giants series after having some issues, uh, abdominal tightness. Uh, he took some swings and took some drills, and he could come back tonight or on Wednesday. Uh, I would say he probably doesn't play these next two days if they don't need him to, but who knows? We'll see what happens. But it'd be nice to get him back in the lineup um, and move some other guys around. You know, Max Muncy continues to struggle. I, we'll, we'll probably have a segment dedicated to Muncy here during this week because it's coming to a point where, you know, does – Coming to a point where the Dodgers, I don't think they have to make a decision. Obviously, they have the big lead in the division, uh, but it's coming to a point where what are they going to do about Max Quincy? But uh, going back to the good things, Chris Taylor took some batting practice over the weekend, was out running on the field, uh, reported back without any setbacks. Uh, he is expected to continue to you know work out, do some drills, uh, and then go on a rehab assignment, hopefully – within the next week uh, and then with the back with the Dodgers uh, shortly after that, Andrew Heaney is likely going to start on Wednesday. And the main thing with Andrew Heaney is if the Dodgers are going to have him uh, or what the pitch count is going to be, I think they are going to have him on a pitch count for the rest of the season, but it's a matter of what that's going to be uh, in order to preserve his arm and in order to, you know, try to maximize his time with the Dodgers. He's been able to be very effective when he is on the mound. He just hasn't been on the mound very much this season, and the Dodgers would prefer him to be on the mound. Um, you know, that the Dodgers will go through a six-man rotation at least one time. That might be it. It might be a matter of, you know, maybe Mitch White sticks around on the roster and becomes a bullpen slash piggyback guy for Andrew Heaney. Uh, but that remains to be seen, and I, you know, can't speculate too much without knowing. Uh, Gradraw has been playing catch and has felt okay. Uh, 
they said he probably won't be likely to come off the uh, injured list when he's available, which I think is today, Tuesday, uh, but that he should be back hopefully within the next week as well. Walker Bueller played catch for the first time since being shut down uh, with the flexor strain. And yeah, all reports that I didn't see any negative reports. So I would imagine that his arm didn't fall off and it, and it felt fine enough. Obviously when, you know, it was going to be very light catch, uh, but it's also a matter of how he feels today and how he feels, you know, even into Wednesday uh, of, of how, you know, effective or, or what the plan is now. Um, you know, I think if he stays on the path that he's going with everything going this way, then, the, you know, he could be expected back for the Dodgers in September. He did say though, um, you know, I saw some quotes from Walker Buehler basically saying, you know, he wants to come back and help the Dodgers any way he can and was very open to that being a, a bullpen role. If it needs to be, uh, he said that might be fun. So, you know, the Dodgers are, are getting guys back. I don't know what they're going to do at the deadline, if they get a starter, if they get a reliever or whatever the case is. But this is something we've talked about with him, with Dustin May. You know, if these guys do come back, it could be in a role that the Dodgers see better fit, which could be in the bullpen, uh, especially if other bullpen guys like Blake Trinan, you know, Tommy Canley, Victor Gonzalez, you know, even Brad Raw now in the, in the I.L. don't come back or aren't as effective. So, yeah, Walker Buehler, you know, it's a matter of he can take his time. Um, you know, things are getting short here, but if he's going to be a reliever, uh, he has a little bit more time because it doesn't take as much to ramp up. So we'll see what happens. Like trying to throw a bullpen last week or over the weekend um, and felt all right. Um, I don't know what I think the next step for him is to face live hitters. Then I would imagine he maybe goes into rehab assignment. I still wouldn't expect to see him before middle of August, but it's good that so far everything has looked well. Uh, you just hope that he doesn't get shut down. Dustin May. Uh, pitched over the weekend for OKC. He was supposed to throw three innings, only through two because of pitch count. But it's more, you know, results are important for me. Obviously, throwing 49 pitches in two innings isn't efficient, but it's also a matter of how he feels the next couple of days. And as long as his stuff is coming back and then, you know, he'll get the feel for pitching and command and everything else as time goes on. Uh, but his health is kind of the more important thing. He will continue to add on inning or, or up the pitch count every time out. I don't know how many rehab starts they're going to give him. I would at least imagine three. Uh, so, again, probably won't see him till the middle of August at the very earliest. But exciting uh, to see Dustin May on the mound again and getting close to coming back. So I believe that is all for the updates, or at least the updates that we've gotten. And, yeah, I mean, that that's where the Dodgers are at. They're getting healthy on the pitching side. They're getting a little bit healthier on the hitting side. They are going to have some, you know, questions coming up with the deadline. The trade deadline is a week from today. So while there hasn't been much action so far, there hasn't even been too many rumors so far, um, I think it's a matter of some of the bigger names falling into place. Juan Soto, Frankie Montas, Luis Castillo, you know, guys like that. I've seen Pablo Lopez name uh, linked and rumored a little bit more recently. You know, maybe the Marlins make him available. The Marlins can't hit, so I'm sure they're looking for some hitters. They have a lot of young pitching. 
And, you know, maybe that's the way they go about it. But it's, you know, good for the Dodge. Dodge 17-3 in the month of July. And I just named, you know, Dustin May, Walker Bueller, Blake Trinan, Andrew Heaney, all supposed to come back hopefully in the next two months, along with whatever they do at the trade deadline. You know, so we just need everyone else to stay healthy and the Dodgers will be in a good spot. So, yeah, that's it. Although last night's game was annoying, there's a lot to look forward to. The Dodgers should uh, right the ship and win. You know, the Nationals aren't good. Although I do think, I think now, I think I saw the stat that 11 of the Dodgers' 31 losses have been to Pirates, Nationals, Rockies, and somebody else. So for whatever reason, the bad teams get them sometimes. Uh, but although on Monday it was a weird time for all MLB because of the 12 games played, 11 of them were won by the team with the lower record. So maybe that was just a matter of it's a, a case of the Mondays. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Check out Lockdown MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. He brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team. He covers the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on Odyssey App, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back to talk about the National Series. We'll maybe get into some Max Muncy talk, some Cody Bellinger talk. I haven't seen any sub- real rumors, but I have seen people trying to or trying to throw his name into uh, potential trades over the next week. So maybe we'll get into a little bit of that. That's what's on tap. Uh, thank you all for listening. Check us out, Locked On Dodgers, wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell people about us. You know, maybe they, knew, they want some daily Dodgers in their life and we got them covered. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. DMs are open on all those accounts. Uh, you can get a hold of us via email, lockedondodgers at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of us via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, here's my device play podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.